Well, thank you so much for having me today. Um, I'm really excited to talk about my research and bring students' voices into our discussion here today, as well as some academic members of staff voices as well. Uh, so, as Karen said, I'm a PhD candidate at the University of Edinburgh. I'm about to submit my PhD next week, actually. Uh, so getting very close, doing lots of editing on the train uh, last minute here. Um, and I also work at Murray House as the Partnerships and Professional Learning Coordinator, uh, working with teachers and educators around Scotland. So uh, my work here today, I will uh, give an overview of the literature on teaching excellence that I draw heavily upon. Uh, I'll also talk about my previous research into uh, student perceptions of teaching excellence which I conducted with um, colleagues at the Edinburgh University Students Association when I previously worked there. And then I'll also move on to my current uh, PhD research on student engagement and co-creation of the curriculum. It was good to see Michael mention students as co-producers there at the very end of his talk, so I think we could explore that area a bit more. And then I'll also discuss some implications for these areas. So first, to start with some notions of teaching excellence, I draw heavily upon the, um, the work of Skelton and McFarlane. So they're focusing on four main uh, types of teaching excellence, starting with traditional teaching excellence that focuses on mastery of knowledge and logic within a disciplinary area. There's also performative excellence, focusing on individuals' abilities to excel in employment, and this really picks up the areas of employability that are obviously key in the TEF. There's also psycholo psychologized excellence, or students' development of deep learning skills, and critical excellence, empowering students as critical thinkers who question knowledge. But then Kramer and McFarlane also suggest this fourth, fourth area, uh, or sorry, the fifth area of teaching excellence around moral excellence. And that's an area I'd really like to focus on in, um, in my work, as we'll see here, around doing what is good or uh, to do what is in the best interest of learners. And it was interesting that Michael pointed out the aspect of uh, duty of care that comes up in the documents and the aims of the TEF, obviously, to help raise the parity of teaching with research. Um, but it will be interesting to look at, at the moral excellence that comes up in my research as well. So to give a little bit of background around the teaching awards at Edinburgh University, um, they're led by the Students' Association, so they're student-led, and they're the longest running in the UK. Uh, so they normally receive 2,000 to 3,000 student nominations, and it was clear that we were sitting on a huge amount of qualitative data, and obviously the lovely nominations were sent out, the anonymized comments and little badges were sent out to all the teachers who were nominated uh, for a teaching award, and many individuals said anecdotally that that would brighten their day, that it was a fantastic recognition of all of their teaching and work behind the scenes with students. But we knew that we were also onto something else, and we were really keen to look across all of these 3,000 nominations and see, well, what are the trends across all of these, um, these nominations and across the data? So I do want to point out that these um, teaching awards are based on the quality of teaching as indicated in the nomination comments. So it's not a popularity contest, it's not based on the number of nominations that a staff member is receiving, but it's a student-led uh, judging panel that does make the final decisions uh, around who's receiving the awards. 
So in the nominations themselves, students are uh, requested to uh, put as much detail as possible about why they're nominating this member of staff, why they're excellent in their teaching and, and student support. So there are, uh, there are a variety of or eight different award categories and I worked with a research assistant who was a master's student at the time, Kieran Bunting, and he, uh, he analyzed and used NVivo to co uh, code all of the 2,926 nominations across all of the eight categories. So the, the category that was obviously receiving the most nominations was this Best Overall Teacher Award, and there were actually four awards given out for that depending on the, the college uh, that students were in. And then there were also other areas like best tutor, best course, best feedback, uh, and best support of student learning. So uh, these nominations were roughly in proportion to the student populations of each of the colleges as well. And we found four main themes of teaching excellence, uh, which we talked about in our, our paper. So the first theme is around concerted visible effort of the teachers. The second is around uh, teachers' commitment to engaging students. The third is around breaking down teacher-student barriers. And the fourth is around stability of support that is provided to students throughout their university degree. So I'll go through each one, and I really want to bring students' voices into our discussion here. Uh, so I've tried to pick out quotations that really exemplify each of the uh, different categories here. So the first uh, anonymous com comment here for the first theme is saying she routinely gives over a page long of feedback explaining strengths, weaknesses, and ways of improving. She gives students additional opportunities for feedback with formative assessments. Her feedback has helped me achieve the highest grades I've received, uh, I've ever received, and it helped me get the most, most out of this course. So a lovely comment here from students, and it really uh, emphasizes a lot of the themes that are coming up within this subcategory around the approachability of the staff member who's making herself accessible to work with students, um, and going to quite a lot of effort to give quite a lot of feedback on the assessment. Um, other aspects with, that come up with this, this theme are around course enhancement, and I am coming from the Scottish sector, focused on a quality enhancement um, framework uh, as well. Um, and then other areas that come up with this, within this theme are um, acting on student feedback to improve courses as well. The next theme is around the commitment to engaging students, and a lot comes up around uh, charisma and personality and enthusiasm and passion for learning and teaching. And this isn't saying that there's one type of charisma or one type of passion uh, for learning and teaching, but it's really having a teacher express their own personality and relating to students. So this quote here is saying, the teacher brings an exceptional level of enthusiasm with him to every lecture I've attended. From all of the lectures I've had here, he has shown the most passion towards his subject, and you can tell he really wants future generations to be inspired by his field. He also always has little quirks in his lecture slides, like running jokes and projects he's worked on that makes his lectures interesting and engaging. So humor is coming up here, and uh, one critique uh, can be around um, humor and uh, entertainment in learning and teaching, 
But I think the students' comments really go quite a lot deeper from this, that they're showing that although there are aspects of, of humor that come up, they're showing that teachers are approachable and accessible, that um, they're relating to the teachers, they're really feeding on that excitement of learning uh, and the energy of the teachers who are sharing their passion and up-to-date knowledge of their area. Uh, teachers are also showing care for students and the subject area and um, again this area of passion is coming up quite a lot. Um, so this comes up in a lot of great examples around what teachers are doing to foster student engagement in the classroom um, but also inspiring students to push themselves and challenge themselves too. The third theme is around breaking down student-teacher barriers and here uh, we're really looking at uh, teachers who, like this nomination says, uh, the teacher is absorbing our visions and ideas and directs our projects with personal tailored guidance and retention of our different hopes and aspirations, meaning we are constantly building on our work with a mentor who understands it just as much as we do, his wide-ranging expertise, but also openness to new and exciting technologies means the course is constantly evolving and crucially at the cutting edge. The program director is completely tuned to each one of his students' work, development, and well-being. So here we're focusing on the, the aspects of learning community, which are coming up around students and staff working together collaboratively. Um, the staff members are mentoring students, uh, respecting them as equals who have their own expertise and ideas that they're bringing into the, the courses, and this idea of partnership and co-creation, which we'll look at later as well. And the, the fourth main theme that was coming up in the teaching awards research was focusing on stability of student support. And the word that came up most frequently across all 2,900 nominations uh, was the word always. So it was really interesting that students were focusing on this consistency and predictability that they knew they could count on staff members to be there for them when times were a bit tougher. So this comment is saying this staff member has been a constant companion throughout my university journey. She has helped me work through very difficult times, sometimes arising from my own health obstacles as a disabled student. She has also been there to celebrate my achievements. So overcoming adversity is a big aspect of this sub-theme, but also being proactive and having a positive attitude to support students and having that consistency of support, but also transparency around what a teacher's limitations are, what they can do to support students, but also other areas and support services around the university that can provide other areas of support as well. So these four themes that really do fit in quite uh, closely, I would say, with the, the five key areas of teaching excellence that we saw in the literature, but especially they focus on the aspects of critical excellence and moral excellence and doing what is right for students, placing them at the center uh, of the teaching experience. And also, this uh, points quite a lot to um, Ron Barnett's work around knowing, acting, and being. So students here are submitting nominations across all different subject areas, and knowledge is coming through and focusing on the subject and the passion for the subject, but also the skills and this form of being, I think, is coming through really strongly in the nomination comments. So how do we measure these attributes? Uh, I think some of these aspects are coming up perhaps a bit in uh, student satisfaction and in some of the aspects of the 
um, NSF. But a lot of them, I think, are actually missing. Uh, so it's, we'll, we'll return to this discussion uh, later on. But now I want to turn to my PhD research, which I think will help us examine two of the aspects uh, that are coming up in the first area of research. So the first is around co-creation of the curriculum, and the second is around student engagement and what students and staff are doing to really um, exemplify excellent um, student engagement and co-creation in the classroom. So and in my PhD methodology, I had identified students and staff who I, I uh, saw as being co-creators. They were working in partnership together. I was interviewing them individually, and they were in eight different subject areas across five different Scottish universities. But I also wanted to spoke with the, speak with those who weren't engaged in co-creation. So I led a focus group, uh, sorry, two focus groups with students. Uh, they were quite engaged students already, so they were mainly student representatives at one university in eight different subject areas. And in the last phase of the research, I was conducting focus groups with uh, staff members, and uh, they, this involved some co-inquiry with um, student partners and co-researchers who were working with me. So in terms of themes of um, commitment to engaging students, or the second aspect that we saw in the Teaching Awards research, we're talking about um, four main categories of staff creating these learning environments that facilitate engagement, they're offering opportunities to students, they're listening to students quite a lot about their needs and uh, what they uh, are wanting to study and their passions. Uh, where they want to go in the future, and also responding to students' needs there and, and the feedback. We're also seeing that students are um, engaging and putting quite a lot of effort into engaging. They're not only attending and participating, which can set the bar quite low, but they're uh, learning actively with peers, they're engaging with the subject area, and they're developing confidence and a sense of initiative. So we can see a balance of engagement here, and uh, Michael was mentioning passive learners, and often um, in the consumerist models, uh, students are uh, uh, wanting to be given all of the knowledge and sit there passively in a lecture theater, but this really uh, focuses on active learning, and uh, the staff are engaging students, like Colin Bryson says, but students are also engaging, and there's that balance here. But also participants are really focusing on the values of respect and care that underpin uh, the, this aspect of shared responsibility or sharing different responsibilities for student engagement. And we see that this balance can shift over time. So maybe at the beginning of a course or program, staff are taking more responsibility and later on students are then taking um, more responsibilities. So staff and students are talking about how they're taking uh, responsibilities for different aspects of engagement, uh, but they're also in this together and there's a sense of shared commitment. One quote from a staff member is saying, the engagement process is actually really student and teacher engagement rather than student engagement. I think that, par that part of the task is ensuring that people want to engage, that it is interesting in some way, and at the same time there's responsibility on both sides. We're in this together. And a student is saying the staff has got to provide good teaching and everything, which is the aspect that the uh, TEF is f uh, focusing on, but beyond that is, it is the responsibility of the student to show an interest. 
bringing it back in a loop almost. The, the staff ha uh, have the third thing would be the responsibility of the staff, a member, to respond proactively to his student showing interest. So we're seeing a, sort of a, a loop of engagement here. And to look at also at the, the third aspect of um, uh, student perceptions of teaching excellence um, around breaking down student-teacher barriers, I'd like to turn now to co-creation of the curriculum. And some definitions of this can focus on uh, students and academic staff working in partnership on some or all aspects of planning, implementation, and evaluation of the learning experience. But there are also key values of respect, reciprocity, and shared responsibility that it's often under, underlying the co-creation or uh, partnership work. So in my study, we had um, three different main types of, of uh, students and staff co-creation. There were students um, who were experienced and had successfully com completed a course with staff member, uh, and they were being asked to, or selected, to work on educational resources, for example, during a summer project, and that would help to clarify difficult concepts for future cohorts of students. Or there were also experienced students who were de uh, developing a new introductory course. There was a second aspect of co-creation, which was as a course takes place with a co whole cohort in the class, where the students and staff are negotiating and finding a consensus on content or pedagogy, or there's co aspects of co-design of assessment or grading criteria. And the third aspect was around students not in the course serving as consultants who are giving feedback to staff uh, on their teaching. So these conceptualizations of co-creation of the curriculum are again, like um, Cook say there, Bavel and Felton are focusing on shared values that are coming up within the learning and teaching environment. But there's also a big focus on creativity and innovation within the learning community and learning from diverse ideas that the teacher is not the only expert in the classroom. Of course, we are uh, respecting the expertise that the staff members bring around teaching and around the subject area, but we're saying that uh, students have expertise as well and new ideas that can contribute. And there's an aspect of negotiating power in the student and teacher relationship uh, and shifting levels of responsibility are coming up here again and modeling active citizenship in the learning communities. So a student is saying, um, and I think this particular quote has quite a lot of relevance uh, to the NSS, they're saying uh, it's easy on a course evaluation to just say whatever you want because you're not actually taking responsibility for the impact of what you are saying to the staff member. Uh, it goes off anonymously, whereas if you're having to sit down with the person when you're co-creating curricula and discuss your feedback, that's a completely different level. So they're really distinguishing between um, a student-consumer model of providing feedback on a service versus working in partnership and uh, having these values that are underpinning their work in their dialogic relationships, too. And staff members are similarly reflecting on the, the co-creation experience as a feeling of uh, shared ownership. Uh, students are also owning the knowledge, owning the products, the educational products at the end, uh, like the resources that they're developing, and that they had a joint enterprise. So again, we see this aspect of uh, staff responsibility, student responsibility, and then elements of shared responsibilities are coming up again. 
There's also quite a lot of uh, focus here on authenticity and transformational learning, and I think maybe uh, the chef is trying to get at this value for money and the transformational aspect. How do we uh, create more opportunities for transformation for students? Um, but these participants are really talking about how it's modeling and living the values of the uh, co-creation that are helping to produce the, the outcomes in the end, but they're focusing on the process rather, rather than the products or the outcomes. So the staff member is saying here, it's modeling democratic engagement, there's lots of talk about education for sustainable development, and that's not just about the car carbon cycle. Most definitions would also involve equipping people with the attitudes and skills that are appropriate for a socially just and sustainable world, uh, as well as an environmental one. When co-creating curricula, it's about trying to live those values which are more liberatory and democratic. So I'll come back to this idea about the individual versus the community, which uh, Michael was focusing on, but I think this really points towards the, the community and the civic aspects uh, and the aims of higher education to make an, a positive impact on our wider communities. And uh, students are really commenting that the experience of co-creation is transformational for them. It's uh, If they're in a co-created course, it's one of the best courses they've done in the university. They comment about how their work isn't just essays or exams that are only seen by them in the marker, but their projects are being seen by the rest of their, uh, their peers. Uh, sometimes their projects are influencing uh, primary or secondary school pupils or around community engagement projects that uh, also go outside of the university to have an impact. So I've developed a new definition for co-creation that goes beyond just collaboration or partnership, but it really emphasizes the, the values that are underpinning co-creation and how it's an ongoing reciprocal and creative process that is mutually beneficial, so not just for the students, but also focusing quite a lot on staff development as well and staff enjoyment of their roles in learning and teaching and how they're uh, negotiating and sharing decision-making regarding aspects of the higher education curricula. And there are many different ways to do co-creation, um, spectrums and scaffolding of, uh, for ways to do this. But in terms of the benefits and the, the challenges, students or staff are really talking about this enjoyment for learning and teaching. The passion is coming up, like we saw in the other previous research around student perceptions of teaching excellence. Uh, fulfillment is coming up quite a lot as well. There's a huge aspect around employability and graduate attributes about the skills that students are developing, but also aspects of the staff development that I mentioned, and this broader aspect of the impact of authenticity and resilience and civic engagement. And students and staff are also talking about some challenges uh, around the conservative ethos of traditional universities, traditional structures that are resistant to change uh, and resistant to changing the academic hierarchies and focusing a bit more on incorporating student views into learning and teaching. They're also talking about consumer-focused academic culture and priorities that focus on individualism. The You Said We Did campaigns, for example, could be a challenge. One participant says, um, and I should have included it here, but he said, uh, just because you said it doesn't mean we should do it, and just because you didn't say it doesn't mean we shouldn't do anything. So I think that's another really good example. 
Um, there's really rigid structures and processes, of course, within academia that do focus on quality and assurance, but sometimes they don't leave enough freedom for innovation and creativity with learning and teaching. And some students and staff members do feel a bit vulnerable when they're taking more responsibility and doing non-traditional forms of learning and teaching. But I would say that co-creation of the curriculum and higher levels of student and staff engagement uh, do advance teaching excellence. And in my thesis, I've been combining the models uh, that I developed on the teaching award research, as well as the five aspects of teaching excellence from uh, the literature with a skeleton. Uh, but they really focus very heavily on the moral aspects, uh, the moral excellence of doing what's right for students. Uh, so I think this leads us on to some interesting discussions, which I'm hoping to continue throughout the rest of the day with you. But I think the TEF has influenced our understanding of teaching excellence. At least we're talking a lot more about what does excellence mean in our different contexts. There's interesting dialogue about this. What are our values and aims in higher education? And there's recognition of the, the value of teaching. I think that that is increasing slightly. Um, and uh, teaching awards can be one way of measuring that, although they're quite different across all of the institutions, uh, so they're difficult to compare. Uh, there's also many challenges, as Michael pointed out earlier, in recording and measuring teaching excellence. So there's um, the foundational values that I've talked quite a lot about here in both aspects of the two research projects. Uh, the values aren't always coming up and underpinning the, uh, the TEF work. That we also need to respect both students and staff members' uh, contributions and views into student and staff engagement. And like you were saying earlier, we don't really have the academic staff members' um, voices present very much in the TEF discussions. So I'm hoping that my work here is bringing in not only the students' views, but also some academic staff members' views. And some of the most transformative, authentic, and uh, impactful learning experiences for students, but also the same for staff members who are teaching, these transformative and uh, rewarding experiences are often built on authentic partnerships, strong working relationships, and these relationships aren't often um, captured in the dialogic nature of them, aren't always captured in the metrics, and this sense of moral excellence uh, isn't always captured here uh, in the TEF work. So I'd like to really dig into that quite a lot more. But thank you so much, uh, and I hope that gives us lots of food for thought and discussions. <laughs>